the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made off money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Hey, welcome to the Andrea K Show tonight. This is Gary Quackenbush. I'm sitting in for Andrea K. She is out, and she asked me to do this show, so I think this is a great opportunity. If you want to call in and make comments on anything that Andrea has talked about in the past, my show is regularly Monday through Friday um, at 2 o'clock um, on KCBQ and KPRZ. And uh, I I, uh, I have the opportunity of talking mostly about the things that I do in my world, and that is estate planning, wills and trusts, tax problems, um, debt management, uh, those type of things. And on my Friday show, we, we do a, a lot of talking um, and have guests that are on regularly talking about uh, mental health and, and uh, taking care of family and good things like that, introducing new products and kind of uh, people that, that need a, a, a leg up, and that's what we do. On my show, The Word on Wealth. So Andrea has asked me to sit in on this show today and um, talk about all the things Andrea usually likes to talk about. And we've got a great show lined up. Uh, Noah has set it up, so we have a lot coming up. We've got uh, Michael Rickenwald talking about masterminding the future. Janice Daniels about plans for the future at the World Government Summit. So we have like the World Government Summit guest. We have a World Economic Foundation guest. And we have Dr. Julia Gatza, which is awesome. She's going to talk about... Wait for it. Sugar. That's right. That's going to be super exciting. That's coming up uh, later on in the show. So we hope you enjoy the show. If you have comments or want to make a comment about the news or any of the things that's going on in your life that is appropriate for this show, the number is 888-344-1170. As always, you can call up and give us your comments. 888-344-1170. Um, it, I think it's it's interesting to look around the news. I mean, sometimes it's it's kind of safer to not turn on the news at all because you just get to hear all the things that are going on crazy in the world. And it, in my opinion of it is just, uh, I don't really like the news that much because it gets me a little bit upset about things. But then I get to hear Andrea Kay and she has all her great comments about the news and the things that are going on. But I just think it's interesting that, you know, things are going on all over the place, like around the world. It's interesting in the Turkish, you know, with the Turkish earthquake going on, now they're looking at there's 25,000 structures that have collapsed. Um, Most of the structures were recently built. So there's an issue now where the Turkish officials have detained um, 113 building contractors because they're really annoyed that these buildings are being built even after major earthquakes and then they're falling down and killing people. So 
it, it, you know, maybe that's a good thing. It's like you, you in, in any country in the world, it's, you have to have the responsibility. If you're going to make the money and put up the building, then make sure that it's safe so you don't have these disasters. And isn't it interesting in our world today, we, we know about things in Turkey just as fast as we know about things down the street. So, um, you know, one of the, uh, I think the most interesting things in the news um, is when you hear these answers to questions that just seem ridiculous like the you know we're shooting down things out of the sky now i mean the first thing was the the chinese balloon where everybody's talking about it and i you know and and, and we we're really bothered by the fact that it was off the coast it came on the coast it crosses alaska canada comes down across the united states and then we blow it up when it gets down in you know in our, our southern waters it's like who's running this ship and the question, that's really a good question. Who is running the ship? Why is that happening so late? But now we have these other objects that we're shooting down. And our, the response that we get on it is, you know, um, well, we're not sure what it is. It's an object. That's all we can do to identify it. And these are the stories that run through the news constantly, like all day, because it's exciting. But what is the long-term effect of that? No idea what the long-term effect of any of this stuff is going to be because we just don't know. We haven't seen what's going on, what's really going on with these balloons, and are we ever going to get the truth? No idea. Um, I'll tell you one thing, just kind of as a um, a segment that I usually do for Andrea, as we call it, news you can use. And that is information about kind of the world that really, really can affect us. And it's not, you know, from slanted news media or somebody trying to make a buck talking about things or, you know, somebody trying to become heroic by making some, you know, crazy story or exaggerating. And that is the stuff that Andrea usually has me talking about. And so just kind of, I wanted to kind of lead you into the information like I talked about on my show today. We hear a lot and it gets in the news too and people get upset and they hear about the term probate. Like what is probate and why, you know, why am I in probate if I'm in a living trust? And that's one thing that I was mentioning today is all the people that will call me up on my show or they'll talk to me and say, this isn't fair. My mom and dad had a living trust and they did all the work to put it together. They put in their house. They took care of things like they're supposed to because that's what they were told to do. And yet I'm having to go through probate of my mom and dad's estate. What is the deal with that? And the explanation really is that your mom and dad probably did everything they possibly could, but maybe they forgot something. Maybe they forgot an account. Maybe they forgot and left something out because that's usually what ends up happening is we try to do a living trust. We try to do a good estate plan. We try to do the best we can. Uh, The house, usually that's put in the trust um, initially when the estate plan is completely done. If it's done by somebody that's competent, that knows what they're doing, the house is put into the trust. That's pretty easy. Then other things like the car, you got to do that on your own. Other things like um, your bank accounts, you got to go open a bank account in the name of the trust, move your money into that account. Things like investment accounts. What I'm seeing is if you don't kind of complete your entire list of all the things you're supposed to put in the trust, they just get forgotten because you have a lot of things. You have the house, the car, the financial accounts, retirement accounts. Um, and, and your bank accounts and like investments and you just got to go through your checklist and make sure they're all in there. So when I see a living trust that, um, is being administered because the parents have passed away and now we're dealing with a probate, even though there's a trust in place, the probate is dealing with some assets that are outside of the trust that should have been put there that weren't. Is that bad advising? Probably not. Is it maybe because time has passed and we forgot to do it? 
that might be more realistically the case. But it's not the end of the world. We get told by attorneys. I mean, our big thing as attorneys is we, we're always making things sound really dramatic. And, oh, my gosh, you got to hire an attorney for everything. And the world is coming apart. And it's like with probate, we've done a good job at making it sound like probate is the worst thing in the world. But the probate court is just – that's the jurisdiction that is that the court has. The, the, the court that has jurisdiction over probate stuff is called the probate court. And probate court has jurisdiction over anything where somebody has passed away or somebody is incompetent. And that might be um, maybe somebody that's an adult that is now legally incompetent or a child. And children are legally incompetent. That's just the way it is. If you're not 18, technically you can't make any binding contracts. So we deal with those type of things like guardianship, conservatorships, and um, the probate asset distribution. That's all done in the probate court. So that's why you see that sometimes. So is that information that you can use? It's important. I think you know we all we all are going to face our maker. We're all going to die someday. We're all going to end up leaving. You know, having our our parents' stuff go through the state, admin, state administration process. It's either going to go through their trust or it's going to go through their, their will. It's going to go through probate. It's just going to happen. These are some things that like everybody can use. Now, I know it's important to know that we blew a Chinese um, weather balloon or whatever spy balloon out of the air. That's important. That affects us. Sure, it does. A lot of this news, it affects us. Sure, it does. Will it ultimately? I don't know where, but I know one thing that will affect us all is we're all going to die. And not necessarily today, not necessarily because of a Chinese weather balloon or a Chinese spy balloon that was just shot down, but because that's just what happens. Now, I have a guest that's coming on um, later in the show, Dr. Julie Gatza, and and I it, we're going to get her take on, because we're going to talk about death and health and all that kind of stuff too, and talk when we talk about sugar, that's coming up kind of later on in the Andrea K show. If you want to call and make comments on this show or be part of it, Feel free to call at 888-344-1170. We do have lines open for you to call tonight. Give us your comments about what's going on in the world. Um, a couple of guests we do have coming up is we right now we're at the, there's the World Government Summit that's going on right now. And then there's the World Economic Summit that already happened. And that's what we're going to have our guests talk about um, at the bottom of the hour and the top of the hour. So be listening along with those. And if you want to make comments, it's 888-344-1170. Um, I thought um, it, it's interesting. It, it, you may be interested to know this, that the White House now is, you know, this might be shocking, but they have decided that they want to find out what are the origins of the pandemic? Where did COVID come from? Now, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, if they really figure it out, you, you think they're you think we're going to get the the real scoop? Is it going to be what what really is the you know, what started COVID? You know, was it some monkey or some bug or you know what happened with? But I, it's interesting that you know, the House GOP press is saying the White House is looking for the origins of COVID and what would that mean? They're going to have oversight in the GOP to kind of figure that out. It would be nice to know. Is it going to help us to know? I don't know. I guess it depends on what the answer is and whether they're going to tell us the truth. And quite frankly, I'm not sure. At what point we're going to be able to trust and say that is the truth because I just don't think we're going to know. I don't think we're ever going to be told the truth on exactly what's going on with that. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of different stories and then we're all going to have to make up our own mind on what we believe really happened and what's really important. And and when we make up that decision, then then that's what, that's what we're going to live with. And does it really affect us? I guess it does in a way. 
but does it affect your happiness? It's not supposed to. Um, if you let the news kind of drive you crazy and it let you run your life and feel like the, the, the world is coming to an end and the sky is falling, then, you know, that's, that's not a great idea. I mean, there's a lot in life. You got family, you got friends, you got the, just a lot to deal with and a lot to think about. And there's a lot to live for. So, you know, you get bad news. I think you deal with it. That's what I've always been taught. You get bad news and you go, okay, I can deal with it. Does this affect me? What can I do about it? And that's one of the calls out call outs that Andrea is doing with us is like, if you want to do something about it, do something about it. If it's really upsetting you that, you know, that politics are not going the right way, then it's time to kind of maybe uh, put things together where you can support the right candidate, or you can maybe run for or office and start out in the local city council or the local, you know, fire safe committee or something like that and kind of get your feet wet and be able to understand that kind of stuff. Hey, it's good to have you along here on the Andrea K show. Uh, we're going to be going right to the top. We're going to be going for a couple of hours and uh, we'll be right back here on the Andrea K show. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. This is Gary Quackmush. I'm in for Andrea K today. Uh, she asked me to sit in, and I said I will do my best to be Andrea K. But I am not five foot one. I don't wear a red dress. Um, I'm six foot one, and I'm wearing a red tie because it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody! Hope you enjoyed it. It's not quite over. We've got another five and a half hours to finish your Valentine's Day. When I went to the store to buy flowers last night for my wife. I was, I was, um, I shouldn't be shocked it's happened before you walk in and it's like, oh, wow, that really pretty bouquet is $99. No, thank you. I'm going to go over to the regular bins where they have the regular priced flowers that are just as pretty all the time. <laughs> I think I love every economy. It's funny. Um, the Biden administration is doing something that's very interesting. So, you know, medic in the United States, you have Medicaid which is the federal supplement for food. Like if you, if you don't have money, you can get Medicaid. Now, Medicaid pays for medicine, okay? In California, Medicaid, actually California has its own program. Sounds like California. And it's called Medi-Cal. Well, Medi-Cal, Medicaid pays for medications. Uh, if you are old enough to receive Medicare, that is basically health insurance for people that are, quote, old now. Yes, I qualify almost for Medicare. So when you get Medicare at age 65, that's Medicare. That's insurance, and then you can get your supplement plans and all that. Medicaid is when you don't have money. Well, I don't know how you feel about this. How do you feel about this? Seriously, the Biden administration has said that food, they're, they're declaring food is medicine. Therefore, you can use your Medicaid or you can apply for Medicaid to pay for your groceries and your nutritional counseling. Now, I don't know about that. We're going to have to ask our guests when um, Dr. Julie Gatza comes on towards the, um, it, towards the second half of our show. She's going to talk about sugar. I wonder if she has an opinion on whether food is a medicine. I know certain foods are considered poisons, but I thought that was really interesting that you have um, – the Wall Street Journal reporting the Biden administration has started approving state requests 
to use Medicaid to pay for groceries and nutritional counseling because they are calling it food as medicine programs. And uh, they're just trying to decide whether addressing food, food insecurity, <laughs> it's, I don't, it's kind of funny. And I don't know why they do this. Are they trying to get votes? Is it really appropriate? Maybe it is if there's some control over it. You know, it has to do with the SNAP program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Is is it really good for Medicaid to pay for that, or should we use the other programs that we have, um, where we have you know the welfare and food stamps and those other things? So I don't know. Things are just not as simple as they as they used to be, and that's okay. We've got the news media to tell us all what's going on, right? Okay. Now the one the one thing that I do not understand. By the way, if you have a comment on the you know the the medicine, food, food is medicine, that type of thing. 888-344-1170. Love to hear your comments on that. Uh, President Biden, um, he's always going after the student loan thing because it sounds so sexy. Um, I know um, I was talking to one, of my, to one of my sons and he was saying, yeah, I've got my student loans to pay. It's not very much money, but he's got more money than that in an investment account. And he says, yeah, my investment account, that's my student loan payoff account. But my investment account earns more money than my student loan interest rate. So I'm going to leave that in the investment account because it may be that the Biden administration can actually pull this off and cancel or forgive student loan debts. Well, my son doesn't need that financially. I'm sure it'd be nice. It'd be a shot in the arm, but he wasn't expecting it. He doesn't need it. And the programs that really kind of are a little disturbing is that when we have so much money or so much national debt, we're just throwing money around like we're just pulling it out of thin air and giving it to people that don't want it and that don't need it. I wonder, can't we have some control over that? Aren't, isn't there somebody that can kind of oversee that? You know, And here's my son saying, I don't need the money. And if they ever cancel the student loans or forgive them, I'm going to take advantage of that. I mean, why not? It's free money. But if they don't do that, then I'm just going to go ahead and pay it off in one fell swoop. And we see that quite a bit. I have friends that you receive the stimulus money and they go, I didn't want the stimulus money. I didn't need the stimulus money. Um, I have you know, wife and five children. And so I, you know, he gets all the stimulus money. He said, I don't need it. I didn't want it. Uh, I, you know, I thank you. I'm going to take it. I'm not going to give it back. But it's like, what, how many billions of dollars are we giving away to people that don't need it, don't want it, people that want to be on their own? Um, and are you going to give it back? I mean, fat chance if you, you know, if it's somebody puts it in your bank account, you're not going to go and withdraw it and send a check in. I mean, what would you even do? And we were trying to figure that out. My wife and I, the other night, we got our, our $500 California money. We're going, yeah, like we need that. I mean, sure, it's nice to have 500 bucks. I can spend it on my grandkids. But it's like, I didn't ask for it. I don't need it. Um, so, you know, could you ask me first? Like, hey, if you need this, just fill out this little application. Just say, yeah, I'm poor. You know, I didn't need it. So what am I going to do with it? If I don't use the debit card, I guess they just, it just, it's not there, but I've got this extra $500. And I suppose if, I'm not going to give it to you if you call, but I think that's, you know, just one of these things like, why, why do we do stuff like that? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, the, uh, I, I think one of the most, um, I don't know, the fascinating thing to me right now, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And there's a lot of commentary and things on the, this is like, um, electric powered cars, electric power, anything. I mean, we all have electric drills. Uh, I, I, as soon as they first came out with battery powered drill, I got one, you know, and then the batteries die. And then, you know, it seems like at Christmas, everything's got batteries. You're going to get, you know, these 
$20 battery powered toys and $75 of batteries because you're going to go through that whole pack at Christmas. We know that battery energy is not permanent. It goes away. And we are kind of being taught now and maybe secretly not believing it, but kind of being letting ourselves be convinced that, yeah, I guess battery power is really, really wonderful because it just, it comes out of thin air. It comes in a package. Well, it's energy. It comes from somewhere and you, it, but we have this, you know, this big thing about, you know, we're going to plant 50,000 new charging stations across the nation, but nobody addresses the fact that what happens when those batteries go bad? All batteries do. What happens? Cars out of warranty, it costs you $50,000 to put a new one in. What do they do with the old one? It's lithium ion. It's not disposable in the United States. Where's it going to go? India is not taking them anymore. What, you know, what are we going to do? It's just, I, I would love to see more looking down the road rather than trying to get through the next two years. And, you know, some government responsibility with that. Part of what we got coming up is we've got um, Michael Rechtenwald, and he's going to be coming up at the bottom of the hour in just a couple minutes. Um, and his, he's going to talk about mastering the future. This guy is a genius when it comes to, um, the, you know, the, his comments on the World Economic Forum, so the WEF. And that's what we're going to be talking to Michael about. He's the author of 12 books including The Great Recession and the Struggle for Liberty, Unraveling the Global Agenda Through Criminal, Beyond Woke, Government Archipelago, and Springtime for Snowflakes. Uh, he's a distinguished fellow at Hillside College, and he's going to be coming on with us just right after we take our next break. Um, he's going to, I'm just prepping it because his interview, we don't have a lot of time with him, but we'll be able to talk to him for about 10 minutes and get his opinion um, about you know what's going on. Like, what are we going to do? Um, with this, you know, what do they determine at this at this uh, World Economic Forum on mastering the future? How's that going to all work out for us? Um, you know, I I am very you know I'm I'm positive about the future. We're going to be here for a while. Uh, we're going to be around, and I'm looking forward to being around for a long time. And I hope things get pulled together. I'm not sure how I feel about the World Economic Forum and where it's going, or the um, the World Government Summit. But we're going to be talking about those with our guests. Coming up next, right after the next break here on the Andrew K. Show with Gary Quackenbush. And we'll be back in just a minute with Michael Rechtenwald. Everybody, welcome back to the Andrew K. Show. This is Gary Quackenbush sitting in for Andrea K. We've got a great guest lineup for you coming up. We've got uh, Michael Rechtenwald, um, Mastering the Future. We've got a couple other guests, Daniel, Janice Daniels, and uh, who else? we got Mike Gallagher, gee whiz, and even Julie Gatz. So we've got those coming up here on the show. If you want to make some comments about what you, how you feel about things are going in our government, uh, just a comment about uh, you know how you know something you want to talk about tonight on the Andrea K Show. Call me right here at 888-344-1170, 888-344-1170 here on the Andrea K Show. Um, all right. So one of the things that I was looking at, um, there's a couple things that we're going to be getting into a little bit is like we have the, – there's the World Economic Forum that came up earlier in the year and then now we are – um, at the World Government Summit. And these are the organizations that kind of, there's always these world groups and organizations. And what we're trying to do is to get on the line a, a couple of our guests to, to comment on um, how they, you know, how they kind of foresee what's going on in these different um, 
these the summits and you know how does that affect us you know the um, the united states i mean right now we, you know the dollars the the controlling uh monetary standard it, it used to be it used to be in Greece and all that, but now it's, you know, it's the United States and we're hanging on to it. And sometimes there's, it gets a little tenuous. But um, I wanted to, first of all, bring our guest on. This is doc, Dr. Michael Rechtenwald. And um, he wants, we're going to talk about mastering the future. Um, his, the title is the, the Megalomaniacal Ambitions of the World Economic Forum. Dr. Michael, thank you for coming on the Andrea K. Show tonight. How are you doing? Uh, it's good to be here, Gary. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just really appreciate it. So, hey, you know, in the, in the time that we've got, I mean, we should get have you on here for a couple hours talking about this stuff. But uh, bring us up on this uh, mastering the future and how we're how we're going to do that with the World Economic Forum. Well, you know, the the latest uh, meeting, the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, was called "Cooperation in a Fragmented World," and so. What really drives these globalists crazy is fragmentation. And by that, they mean people going about their business as they will uh, without their, uh, you know, without being under their complete direction and control. So they are trying to completely control the world economic system, uh, inclusive of the banking industry and the asset management industry and every world, every major corporation. And, uh, in fact, they have established the stakeholder capitalism, which has been adopted by all of the world's major banks, asset managers, and corporations. And so they are attempting to bring about a total great reset of the social, economic, and political orders. And uh, it's very well, very much underway. Uh, and so what they're... What they're aiming to do is uh, bring about what I said, stakeholder capitalism, which is uh, really a euphemism for uh, corporate socialism, where you have these corporate oligarchs and the state on top dictating the terms of the economy and everybody else living under socialism effectively. Uh, that's that's what's going on. And so it's more, it's like a global it, it, I mean, it's like the global a global socialism, not just like nation by nation. That's what they're trying to pull off. Absolutely. This is the first attempt that has had any success of bringing about a global socialism. Of course, the goal of socialism uh, has always been internationalism. They've always been global in their outlook. But now they've managed to do it vis-a-vis uh, the corporate world and the capitalist system. So they're actually able to bring it about using the organs of capitalism uh, and changing the capitalist system from the inside out and bypassing all legislation, surreptitiously circumventing uh, the democratic process and doing all this through uh, the environmental, social and governance index primarily. So how do you how do you monitor something like that or, or, or even respond to that? Because, I mean, th- that stuff's terrifying. You know, how we when we if we kind of totally lose that kind of control, I mean, what what is there to do about it? Is there something we should be looking towards or be more aware of? Because it seems like we're sleeping on this stuff. Not a lot of us even know what's going on. Well, I keep it through, you know, the World Economic Forum and all their partners, their corporate partners and 
the statements they make plus the the actions of their corporate partners and banking partners and asset manager partners. What we can do is what I call a grand refusal, which is to refuse of the technologies, to refuse the the economic stranglehold uh, that they're trying to put us in with the stakeholder capitalism and the ESG index, uh, and to refuse the banking. Uh, with the uh, central bank digital currency that they're going to try to foist on us very soon and reject a lot of their technologies like the transhumanist technologies, which they're going to use for surveillance and control. So it's a grand refusal. I have a nine-point plan in my book, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unraveling the Global Agenda. A nine-point plan, the civics you actions you can take as an individual and a family and a small community to resist this uh, this uh, this uh, hegemon. Wow. And so that book is available on Amazon, isn't it? I think I just checked that out. Yep. So, and that, so that's going to give us, it seems like what we need is kind of this more, kind of an awakening. We get a lot of news about, you know, balloons being shot down and, and these, all these crazy things going on. And then you hear these things, you know, this is more like, wow, this stuff is going on without us even knowing. It doesn't hit the big news. Um, you, there was some, a comment in, in a, something you'd written about um, the Twitter takeover by Elon Musk, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing as far as like trying to stop this global economic socialism yeah i mean i think it's a it's a positive uh development that the musk has taken over twitter he's breaking up what i call the woke cartel of big tech Mm. and uh undermining their total and complete control over all information and expression uh and so this is a very big development this is why they've been fighting tooth and nail uh, why they have thrown fits about uh, Musk's takeover, why they threw Musk, uh, why they threw Tesla off of the uh, the S and P 500 ESG index, uh, surprisingly of, of all things, because he's producing most the most uh, electric vehicles of any manufacturer in the world, and yet yeah. they threw him off the environmental, social, and governance index. So. Yeah, it's a big development now. I'm not saying Musk is a, a world hero. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that this is something that we should uh, look at as a minor victory. As a minor victory and, and kind of like figure out what's happening. If that's a good thing, then that's then that's the good thing that we support and, and reject all the other things that we're going to be uh, – that are kind of coming piece by piece. Well, things like – the things like like the global surveillance and that stuff, it just seems to be kind of sneaking in. I mean, there's a lot more of that over in Europe, but it seems like it's just kind of piece by piece. We're kind of allowing it to happen. And is your book? Right. Did did you talk about that stuff in the book on how to kind of say, no, wait a minute, this is going too far? Because I think a lot of us we we go, oh, we can we can trust them. I mean, uh, they're not going to really be. They're not going to look when I don't want them to look because they care about me, and so that's okay. I, I'm okay with people knowing my business, but it just seems like that's kind of naive that we really believe that it's just not that bad, but it seems like it is that bad. Yeah, they are going to, and they have been doing this through kind of incrementalism where they inch by inch or degree by degree boil the frogs. Uh, Mm. But before you know it, you're, you're boiling. So this is something that we need to take note of and we need to reject the technologies that they're using to bring this about. 
uh, and that's central bank digital currency, digital identity, personal carbon footprint tracking, uh, personal ESG scores, uh, social credit scoring system, uh, individual social credit scores. All of this stuff we need to, to, to reject. And they're going to try to do it through through corporations. They'll, they'll first do this commercially. So that's what we need to keep our eyes open for. Well, Michael, thank you for, so much for being on our show. Dr. Michael, we really appreciate it. One more time, what's the name of the book to give us the nine steps to move towards fighting this? It's called The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unraveling the Global Agenda. All right. You heard that right here on the... Andrea K. Show, Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, we really appreciate you being on the show today. All right, everybody, we'll come right back with a uh, our next guest, which we got coming up, is going to be talking to Jew, let's see, Dr. Janice Daniels, plan for the future on the Word on, on the Andrea K. Show. Wow. Right, welcome to the Andrea K Show. This is not Andrea K. This is Gary Quackenbush. I'm sitting in for Andrea tonight. I'm so excited about our next guest. We've got Janice Daniels here. Janice Daniels is, has agreed to come on the show tonight. I'm honored and feel privileged. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, State of the World Address, according to Claus, uh, from the World Government Summit 2023, which is actually going on right now. Uh, Janice Daniels was the ninth mayor of Troy, Michigan, elected in, elected in November of 2001. Uh, Janice experienced personally firsthand the power of Saul Alinsky's tactics to pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it when she became the target of local leftists and the national fake news media. So here we are on the Andrea Kay Show. Totally appropriate to have somebody that has been the victim of the nas- nationwide fake news media. Janice, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, the year was wrong. It was 2011. It was not 2001. But yes, indeed, I was uh, the target of the national leftist media. They, for some reason, didn't want me to stay in this $175 figure a month figurehead position as the mayor of Troy. So um, <laughs> they made uh, it very difficult for me. But I've come back stronger than ever because I worked on the inside and I saw how government works from the inside. And so I have a little bit of a unique perspective, I think, to yes. um, what's going on. Well, and, and talk to us about that. You Now, you... you um... You're with the uh, New American Magazine, or you write for them? What's your deal with them? No, actually, I am a member of the John Birch Society, and of course, okay. the New American Magazine is their publication, ah, and yes. their wonderful senior editor, Re- uh, Rebecca Terrell, wrote an article about me that's in the February 13th edition, and that's how I began my association. Well, I've also worked with um, Robert Owens, who's the regional director for JBS, and he's just a fascinating guy, and we just have these greatest conversations. So that's how I've kind of gotten involved with them, and yes, I would love to write for them. Uh, And so maybe uh, they'll consider that after listening to our interview. Oh, after they hear this interview, they're going to say, whoa, this woman, she yeah. is all over it. Let's get her to write for the New American Magazine. <laughs> right. All right. right. Talk to us about the So the World Government Summit. Fascinating. Uh, it's in a place where there's just a few dollars being tossed around. Um, <laughs> so what, what's your take on this? 
Um, with the Klaus Schwab well, speech and everything. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's in Dubai, and right now it's uh, almost seven o'clock in the morning. It's seventy or seventy-two degrees, going up to eighty-two. Mostly sunny, beautiful day. It's Michigan. I'm here in the rain. It's thirty-nine degrees, so um, I envy their weather. That's for sure. But I noticed that there's a summit going on, uh, or a breakout section called session called the roller coaster ride to becoming a unicorn, um, and that kind of fits in with this word salad kind of environment where these jet setters like to make up all these words and then sit around all day long trying to figure out ways to encourage the people to follow the rules, you know? Um, And in fact, yesterday they had a workshop uh, that tackled gender-based violence. And the workshop was led by a woman named Sheikha Manal bin Mohammed bin Rashad Al Maktoum, and it was about women's empowerment and, you know, uh, in uh, preventing gender-based violence. And she was wearing a modern burqa, which I thought was kind of ironic that, mm-hmm. that a woman who might be, you, you, you know, might be beaten in her country if she went outside in public without a headdress is leading a workshop on gender equality to prevent gender-based violence. Uh, so, you know, I had a, a little bit of trouble even reading the rest of the article, to be honest with you, after I couldn't get past that irony. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on. In fact, I saw an article, it was a very fascinating article, uh, that talked about uh, global billionaires play-acting in a theatrical experience at the World Economic Forum in Davos. It's like uh, Yavos, where corporate executives wearing billion-dollar loafers pretend that they're escaping their village and and making their way to a refugee camp so they can experience the emotional impact of life at the bottom of the of the economic rung and the author kind of rather chides them uh, by saying you know it's kind of uh, interesting that they're eliciting emotional responses from these wealthy and powerful people at a alpine ski resort rather than providing material assistance to actual refugees so that's the kind wow. of irony. It's 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 just. Yeah. But you know, it's dangerous irony because Klaus Schwab, who is the founder of the World Economic Forum, that plays a big part in this World Government Summit. He was born in Nazi Germany under the dictatorship of Adolf Hitler, and and so he comes by communism almost like um, through environment plus through. Um, Heredity, because his father was a socialist, a, 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 a socialist, uh, and a, a owner of a company that helped um, build uh, engineering machines for the Nazis. I believe. I, you know, I can't. They, the Newsweek magazine article that I saw, they wanted to give cover to any connection to Nazis, although they said that uh, his father used forced laborers and prisoners of war. Uh, but he, they didn't know if they did that because the Nazis wanted them to or just because there was a lack of workers. And you go, okay, in 1938 Germany, there was a lack of workers. Um, exactly why was that? Oh, wait, they were exterminating people. So, you know, so, I mean, the, the irony of these people is rich. And yet they're very dangerous because um, they're so um, hell-bent. On world dominance is what their goal is. 
So it's, I mean, the World Government Summit, it sounds flashy. It sounds like you know, the, the, you know, the world governments are coming together and trying to make it so that it, this, you know, we have this you know, wonderful kind of in place to live and that we can all live in our, in our, our joyous, wonderful places. But uh, it, it doesn't, it seems like it's just, a, it's a lot of fluff and puff and kind of, I don't know, it's, just, it's almost like this fake thing that they're creating as if it's going to make a difference in this world. Is there fear that, that it will make a difference in the world and it's going to really mess things up and kind of try to promote this government communism or government socialism? I mean, the world socialism? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's always the risk that the world is going to be consumed by communism. And, and basically, uh, the the... The difference is, again, between good and evil. It's a difference mm-hmm. between is God in control of the world or is man in control of the world? Uh, God controls the world through freedom, liberty, communism, uh, believes that man can control the world. For example, one of these word salad concepts that Klaus Schwab uh, created was called is called social entrepreneurships. So it, mm. it, it's really good. They want you to be an entrepreneur. They want you to start your own business, but you want to start that business, say, in a low-income neighborhood so that you can help lift the people out of poverty. So that's really, I mean, that's really a noble goal. I, I'm, I'm all for that, but you might have trouble getting investors to invest in your business, and you might have trouble attracting customers that can pay for your goods, you know, so let's be real. So then what do you do? Well, you turn to the government for a loan. So again, now we're talking about socialism, using other people's money, confiscated through the middleman called government, given to you to satisfy your dreams. But you know what? Guess what? I have dreams, too, and I can't follow my dreams if I have to give all my money to you to follow your dreams. So that's the shiny object of government intervention that becomes so dangerous because it does sound so nice and so noble, and especially young people. And that, that's why I think Stalin was, you know, said this, something like, give me one generation of your youth and I will rule the world. And this has just been their goal throughout history is to rule the world. And they've gotten better and better at presenting the shiny, ob- shiny objects of socialism. And I think it really seems like the solution really, in my opinion, is, is to turn to God and turn to, you know, our maker and, you know, don't worry about the world summit trying to control us. We already have a world ruler and recognize that, that, you know, and be more respectful to that. I, You know, I wish we could spend all night with you, Janice. I really appreciate you coming on the show and being a guest Thank of the you. Andrea K. Show. We will talk to you again. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was Janice Daniels, folks. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.